Tonight's reading is from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep, and all who ever came before me were thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. The word of the Lord. You want to hear something really weird? I had this dream. I wake up, I mean, in the dream, not from the dream. I wake up in the dream. It's one of those. I'm lying on my side in bed, and my eyes just jump open, and I'm staring into another set of eyes that are like just 18 inches from mine. And I'm looking into these eyes, trying to get my bearings, to clear my head, to find some context, and I realize Someone is stroking my hair. I blink and refocus, and I can see that I'm lying in bed with this woman. She is staring into my eyes and stroking my hair. I break eye contact and look at this woman. She's lying on her side, facing me. I look her over, trying to figure out who she is, what's going on. She's wearing these kind of flesh-colored stockings, thick. She's shoeless. And she has this black and white or like cream patterned dress on. Some lightweight synthetic material. And it's kind of bunched up around her hips. Not in any sort of suggestion of romance way, but more like the result of someone lying on a bed or positioning herself on the bed. 
I can't recall what the sleeves are like, but certainly I remember that the neckline was a very modest V with white or those cream-colored small ruffles. Her hair is dark and appears to be what they used to call set, sort of like a hairdo would be another name for it. And then I notice at her hairline some sort of like ace bandage-colored tape or something sticking out from under her hair. And I realize that she's wearing a wig and that it's kind of shifted a little bit. And I look into her eyes again. They are kind, and it is a deep kindness. And her mouth is in the shape of a sort of smile, but it's hard to tell because her face is lined and sort of pinched, like she was a lifetime smoker. And her lipstick, like the rest of her makeup, is heavy and poorly applied. She appears to be about 87. Her smile broadens slightly. I sit up quick and look around. I am not even in my bed. I'm not even in my bedroom. I look around and I'm in like a ward. You know, like a hospital ward. Like one of those hospital wards you see in a movie. Like beds line each wall and there's fluorescent lights flickering. And I'm scanning the room in a panic. I can't really make out the other patients. I mean, they're there. There are people moving around the ward but they're sort of out of focus, like in a dream, like how a dream can be. And then I know, like you know in a dream, that this is a psych ward, an insane asylum. And I use those words with all apologies to mental health professionals and patients, but this is not a modern inpatient psychiatric facility. This is a straight out horror movie insane asylum. I freak out, and I jump off the bed, and I start running, and I see an elevator door at the end of the ward, and I'm running as fast as I can, but that dream molasses is slowing me down. I hear shouts, and I look back, and some nurses and orderlies are running after me, shouting something that I can't make out, and I get to the elevator, and I push the button, and it takes too long. I see the stairs. And then I basically go through every scary chase through a movie insane asylum cliche there is. I run down the stairways. I run through a dark abandoned hallway. And then I, I, hide, I go and I'm hiding behind some metal cart while the nefarious practitioners run past. You've seen all these things. I just wanted to tell you about this dream because the next day I remembered it so vividly. So I was kind of trying to figure it out. You know, if you remember a dream really vividly, like, does it mean something? So I'm trying to figure out what, if anything, does this dream mean? And then I remember, like, Freud or Young or Steve Norstead, my friend from seventh grade, said that every character in your dreams, they're all you. Every one of, every person in your dreams, they're all like different parts of you. So I thought, well, you know, well, you know what I thought? I thought, I thought about this text for today is what I thought about. I thought about this text for today because it has me so puzzled. 
I was, it's really confusing to me. I'm not even sure I understand what it means when Linda read it, even. It's just full of all these characters and these mixed metaphors and statements that frankly don't seem to be very true to me. Jesus says he is the shepherd that enters by the gate. He also says that he is the gate. And then he says that he is the gatekeeper. And there is a thief and the bandit and the stranger. And then there are the sheep, which I guess is who we are. I guess that's who I am. I can get that part. Jesus says the sheep will recognize the voice of the shepherd. Jesus says, we will recognize the voice of God speaking to us in the world. That God will be with us. Jesus says that the sheep will run from the voice of the stranger. Jesus says, we will run from the voice of the bandit in this world. Jesus says, we will not listen to the thieves and bandits. Jesus says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says he comes that we may have life, real life, big life, that we will be fully alive. And I say, this is not true. This is not true. None of this. I say that there are people who are begging to hear the voice of God, calling them to come through the gate to the pasture, but they don't. They don't hear the voice of God. They wish they could, maybe they can't. I say that I cannot hear Jesus's voice calling me. And then I'll tell you what, I have listened to the thieves and the bandits so many times. Felt like I was ripped, being ripped off. I felt like I was dying. I felt like I was being destroyed. Not giving big life. How can Jesus say people will recognize his voice and only follow him? That just does not seem true. There are so many people in so much pain who have been so deceived. Who can, who can say, who can, how can Jesus say something that is so clearly that so clearly contradicts my experience, to say nothing of yours. And that is where this dream analysis of Fred or Young or Steve Norstead comes in. What if this text is like that? It is not really Jesus, God, saying these things that don't make sense of my experience. But what if everyone in this text is me, a part of me? Then I think of the sheepfold. You know what a sheepfold is? It's a stone ring, which why would anybody know what that is? Maybe our new fiddle player farmer might. Yeah, this sheep ring, the walls are, are about three or four feet high, and there is one opening, which is the gate. That ring, that stone ring shape, that is my, like, self, my psyche maybe my unconscious self. And part of me is the thief, not entering the gate, but climbing over the wall. 
which is self-deception. The thief's voice is the part of me that speaks to me, deceives me into thinking and doing things that rob me of that big life, that real life, that fully alive kind of life. The thief's voice leads to a kind of walking dead life. And the bandit, the Greek word that is translated as bandit in the Gospels usually means a rebel. A rebel, not like a robber, but a rebel, a political rebel. So the bandit is the rebellious part of me. It's also a voice of self-deception that leads me away from being fully alive, leads me to thinking I need to rebel, to strike out, that that is what it means to be alive, to be transgressive. But it leads us to a less than fully alive living, leads me these voices of deception. And the stranger, again, is another voice, of, a deceptive voice that tells me that it is not okay to be me, that there's another part of me, a preferable me, that I should pursue, that I should follow. But for every one of these self-deceptive voices I have inside of me, I have a voice that knows what it means to be fully alive, that can lead me to that big life, that real life, that abundant life. For the thief, I have the voice of the shepherd that calls me to a kind of true self. For the bandit, I have the gate that calls me to the safety, to safety. And for the stranger, I have the gatekeeper that both lets me out of the sheepfold to take the appropriate risks in the world and to be fed in the pasture and that lets me back into the sheepfold where I can find rest and solace. So to live an abundant life, a fully alive life, all I have to do is listen to the true life-giving voices and not to believe the voices of self-deception that I have within me. I have what I need within me to be fully alive. I just have to keep it all in balance. See? Simple. When I understand the text this way, it's not Jesus or God telling me that I will only recognize his voice, and that I will not follow the stranger, the thief or the bandit. It's just another part of me, a positive part of me, that sometimes prevails and sometimes doesn't. This way, I don't end up with a Jesus that is saying things that contradict my experience. This way, I don't end up with a God that is untrustworthy. See? It's simple. So I'm crouched behind this metal cart in this dark hallway, and they've all just run past. And I feel like I'm finally in the clear. So I jump up to run the other way, and of course you've seen the movie. I accidentally bump into the metal cart, and I knock a bunch of stuff off, and it clangs to the hallway floor loudly. They stop and turn around and they see me and they start running after me. And I run and I try out the doors in the hall as I'm going and I find one that's unlocked and I go through it. And I am back in the ward. And I run to the bed where I woke up and I fall on it, breathing hard. And I look over next to me and there she is, still lying 
in the bed, still lying there as she's looking into my eyes. She does not seem alarmed, worried about my absence or surprised by my reappearance. She just looks into my eyes with that same deep kindness. Or is it like peace or love? And she's stroking my hair. But it is like a dream thing because I feel like maybe I'm stroking her hair. I can't really tell. She smiles, a sort of pinched sideways smile. And I can see lipstick on her teeth. And then I feel like, like this rush. Like this rush through my whole body and I see how beautiful she is. I feel this rush and it feels indescribable, but something like love or life, like being fully alive for the first time. And I think, what if of all the voices I have inside me, that there is another voice that comes from outside? that isn't generated by me. That there is this voice that comes from outside, from beyond me, a voice that is not in rivalry with any other voices, does not compete with any other voices, because it is beyond me. It comes to me. It penetrates me. And it tells me that I am her own. She tells me that I will not follow the voice of the stranger, the thief, or the bandit, but that I will follow her voice because I know it, I recognize it, been birthed by it. And even though I don't completely understand how this all can be true, I can trust it because it is love, full, big life. And she has named me as her own.